Yo, 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 hey, 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 we are back with another episode of Dialogue Heavy with George Truly, Michael Anthony McMillan. What up, guys? Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to your boy. So, we have a brand new episode and a brand new story. I think I'm going to start calling these hump day stories because it's going to come out every Wednesday. I have a brand new story for you or a second part or a third part of a longer short story for you guys. It's this new series that I'm sorry that I'm really excited about where I'll be working all throughout the week while I'm at work, uh, working on brand new um, stories about different things and different topics. And every Wednesday, I'll have a brand new one to help you get through your week, homie. So this week, we have a story called Dive. Dive is a story of a young lady named Joni who doesn't wanna live anymore. I know, heavy subject, right? So she's gonna go throughout her day and the plan is to do something strange at the end of the day. I don't wanna get too much into it because I want you to be excited when you listen to the story, but that's how we're gonna get down, man. And then afterwards at the outro, we'll be able to talk to you a little bit more about what you think about. This is gonna be at least a two-parter. So you'll get half of it today, half of it next week. And if if I decide to continue to write on the subject, if it's not done, we'll have a third part and then we'll just go from there. So, here we go. Without further ado, I bring to you Dive, written by Michael Anthony McMillan, and as you know, everything written and uh, recited on this podcast is all done by me. So, let's go. Dive. It all ends today, and I'm okay with that. It's December 31st, 1999, and Google says the sunset is set to set at 6.47 Pacific Standard Time. So that means I should be dead by, I don't know, maybe 6.49, 6.50-ish. At times, most San Franciscans would be en route to gatherings with friends, family, and or coworkers to shoo in the new millennia. Well, they'll risk future driving privileges by hoping that the liquor they ingest tonight gives them the balls needed to finally ask old Susie out from accounting. But not me. I got a flight to catch. Contrary to popular belief, it's quick, but not in all essence immediate. The professionals say upon impact that your bones break into fragments, turning them into shards of glass that rip through your flesh and organs. And funny enough, your end comes in the form of drowning in your blood rather than the body of water that surrounds you. That'll be tough for sure. But for me, the hardest part to deal with besides making the jump is the last nine or so seconds I'll have to think about this fucking place. Yep, I've been fascinated with the thought of not being here anymore for the last year or so. And honestly, I can't wait. Just to think it, just to think about it, makes me wish it was dust right now. No more traffic, no more depression, and more importantly, no more regrets. No more family functions pretending that you care for people that you only connect with via blood. No more friends that were closer than family but abandoned you for shitty careers, cheating husbands, or and bratty kids. No more nuzzy neighbors with annoying barking dogs. And no more rude-ass baristas. Fuck. Clearly I'm depressed and lonely, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this, but that's not the full story. I'll talk to the other parts of that story throughout the day, dish out some forgiveness, and maybe even grab some for myself. But don't you think for a red second that when the sky is at that perfect setting with that mixture of blood orange that turns into pink, that turns into blue, that I won't be soaring in the air with my hair blowing in a hundred different directions. Nah, I'll be gone, baby gone. 
and it'll be on my own terms. Now, I know what you're thinking, and I've thought of all the questions one could ask a person that feels the way that I do, but nothing, including psychotherapy or the FDA's finest, have been able to lend me any sort of relief. In fact, fuck if I say it, those avenues of healing probably expedited my dream of bobbing amongst the buoys as the seagulls from Alcatraz circle my corpse, but I'll entertain you. Why? The simple answer is that the world sucks and the people in it do too, but the more complicated version is the fact that the very few people I've ever loved in this godforsaken place, I now detest. Why not live in solitary? Look, I'm a city girl, through and through. What do I know about living way out somewhere in the wild? I order Uber Eats just cause and wear huge cotton sweaters when the temperature dips just under 70. Why the Golden Gate Bridge? Let's be honest, it's for the drama. You know it and I know it. I want the people that were close to me to cry for me and wonder for the rest of their lives what they could and more importantly should have done to help me. But also, I'm curious about what the other side is like. Will I actually ascend and see this divine light with the pearly gates? Or will I descend to a fiery place with salivating ghouls and demons? Is there really a guy or girl genderless entity up there that would judge every stupid decision I've made for the past 28 years? Or will there be a dude in a, re- in a red leotard and a pitchfork ready to set me afire for all eternity? Who knows? And honestly, who cares? As long as this part of existence is over, I'm all right with whatever. I guess I'd have to be, right? So, I'm here at the little coffee shop on 5th and 8th that Nathan and I used to frequent when we were together, and he isn't here yet. He's usually pretty poignant about time, about time, so I'm guessing whatever happened this morning has something to do with she who shall not be named. Nathan was what women call an anomaly in today's standards. He was totally hot, tall, dark, and handsome with a cheesy but cute elementary school photo type smile and deep dimples that would make a natural blush come across your face if he shot it at you. And worse still, an absolute sweetheart. Well, until he wasn't. And it wasn't until our fifth date that I finally found the reasoning behind this impossible combination. It was a sudden focus on health and wellness that led to a 100 plus pound weight loss after college that completed his best in show finish. I had no idea why he was with me. And I told him so every day, but he always told me that he loved me for my kind heart. Yeah, the one that he broke. I order without him, then sit at the bar in front of the big center window watching the nine to fibers file in and out of skyscrapers with more windows than one would bother to count. Staring out at the gray clouds waiting impatiently to pelt us mortals with another dose of rain, I see him run across the puddled street in his patented blue jeans and white short sleeve t-shirt. I shake my head and smirk, remembering the countless times I had to home make chicken noodle soup for him because the kid never dressed for the weather. Then I frown internally realizing that she's doing that for him now. Sorry, he says while he stomps the residual water off the black boots I bought for him on our fourth year anniversary. He sits, no hug from him, although wanted for me if I'm being honest. Marry Mr. Train. I had to drop her off, and traffic was horrible getting back. No problem, I say, with the thought of a hug now gone. I ordered you that special dark roast Colombian crap that you like. Oh, 
I quit drinking coffee last year, he says. Fine. He smiles as he folds up the newspaper he used as an umbrella, and my heart skips a couple beats, but I tell it to stop. So, how are you? Great, I say. I gently want to ask how he is, but I'm scared his answer will include that Benedict Arnold he calls a girlfriend. And you? All right, just keeping on keeping on, he says. Great, I say again, satisfied. Our eyes meet. And wham, the kissing and touching, the biting and fucking, laughing, crying, fighting, all rush into our gaze that lasts less than a second. I take a bite of my spinach and cheese croissant to stop the madness, but secretly wonder if he felt what I just felt. How long has it been again, he says? I know. It's been 398 days, but I wouldn't dare tell him. Anyway, I'm glad you finally agreed to meet. I miss seeing you around the office. Yeah, I say surprised. Yeah. Everyone does, he says. We both look out the window, me to brief, him I'm not sure. And look, I'm sorry about the Mary thing. I just wanted you to know that we didn't plan it to go this way. <laughs> sure, I say. Was that supposed to make me feel better? I look at it as fate though. Fate? I blurt out before I can think and already my internal, internal temperature begins to rise. Yeah, he says. It's like I would never have found Mary if I didn't meet you first, you know? Well, that's one way of putting it, I say. He tucks his lips in off of my rebuttal. That came out wrong, but it doesn't mean it isn't true. You know how much I loved you, Joni, but it's just, I'm in love with her. And he gives me that stupid face with the fake ass frown a person gives you when they're not emotionally attached to how you feel. Cool, I say. I just called to say bon voyage anyway. Bon voyage, where are you going? Oh, now he's concerned. I flash him a sinister smile thinking about the sheer terror on his face when he watches the evening news tonight and sees my swollen algae-covered remains getting towed out of the ocean like the whale carcasses on the Discovery Channel. Out the country, I say. What? Where? Jerusalem. His eyebrow rises. Yeah? I figure I might as well go find a god or something if I can't keep it together myself. No, you're not, he says with a half smile. Yes, I am, I say. He leans back and crosses his arms. Since when have you ever been religious? I'm not, but I figure I might, I might, I figure, I figure maybe I can find myself in the process. He rolls his eyes and you need to go to Africa for that. <laughs> Look at this guy. It's in Israel actually, which is in Europe, but yeah, he's not buying it. I should have known that when you spend the better half of a decade with a person, they can tell when you're not when you're lying. But I ain't here. I didn't come here to talk about me. I thought he would come here, apologize profusely, say he was an idiot, and beg for my forgiveness. Well, he says, while I'm not against anyone looking to go find themselves, I don't think you need to take such extreme measures. I think you need to accomplish things that serve as confidence builders in your life, Joni. You know, like make you feel more secure internally. Yeah, I thought. And then I tell him, well, having your partner eight years leaving for your best friends can make you a little timid in the security department. Nathan smiles and shakes his head the way a parent does when their kid jumps off the couch hurting themselves after they told him not to for the thousandth time. And all of a sudden, I don't like those stupid fucking dimples like I used to. He leans forward and places his hand on my knee. Joni, you still don't get it? 
I still don't get what, I say. I love Mary, but if it wasn't her, it would have eventually been somebody else. He brings his head down to his knees and his hair lies on my lap like the old days and I don't know if I want to slap the shit out of him or run my fingers through it. Both, of course, but he raises up before I can decide. Do you know how hard it was how hard it was to have to constantly reassure you in every facet of our relationship? What? I say standing and only realize then that we are the star attraction of the coffee house which has stopped to watch the third and final act. Every day, honey, don't worry, you're beautiful. Honey, I don't want that girl. Honey, I'm not going to leave you. But you did want that girl and you did leave me, I said. After a decade, Joni, of having of you having to know where I was at, what I was doing, and who I was with every second of every day, even when we already spent a third of the time together in the same office. Well, excuse me for caring, I say. It was smothering. And let's not even forget, let's not even get into the fact that I didn't know about the secret life I wasn't worthy enough to know about. What secret life? Oh, come on, Joni, Nathan says, uh, pacing and flailing his arms. Whatever, I say. So you go cry wolf to Mary? She was the only one I could talk to. I'm here, Nathan. I mean, I, I was there eight Thanksgivings. Eight Christmases, he says. And I don't know anything about your family. Doesn't that seem just a little off to you? No. 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 I practically didn't even know you, Joni. How is that possible, Nathan? Uh, let me see. To this day, I don't know your parents' names. If you had parents, if you were adopted, have siblings. I don't even know if you had a fucking dog growing up. What is... Why is that important? I say. What? Nathan says, pulling at his hair. This is the exact reason why you're alone. No, I say, I'm alone because you fucked my best friend. Damn, a black man says, almost spilling his coffee next to the creamers. Whatever, Nathan, have a nice life. I snatched my purse off the bar, knocking my latte to the floor and onto Nathan's stupid fucking boots on my way out, leaving him and our audience in suspense. Joni, I hear him yell as the first droplets of rain hit my now frizzled hair. If I'd wanted to be famous, I assume I'd get my 15 minutes this morning amongst the office water coolers throughout the city by the coffee patrons, but I don't care. Bottom line, he was wrong. If I was too private, then break up with me off of that, not betray me and make me a mockery where I made a living. Steam emanated from my head and shoulders as I stomp across the intersection bumping into innocent pedestrians, but my legs stopped me once I reached the other side without me giving them the orders to do so. Why? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was the fact that I loved the guy. I had my first everything with him. My first car purchase, apartment, shit, my first pregnancy scare. If it was over anyway, which it clearly was, why couldn't I just live and let live? Why couldn't it just be that we loved and lost? I turn around half expecting to see the man that chased me down the street a million times in the past running towards me like Ryan Gosling in the notebook. So I can say, I'm sorry, and let's just let bygones be be bygones. But when I do, he's already gone. A 37 minute walk of hearing nothing but my black Doc Martens clap against the wet pavement past nine bus stops I could have used brings about a mental excavation of sorts. 
While I did hate the couple for using me as their personal dating app, even I can see how my level of, of obsession with Nathan could have been deemed unhealthy, and in essence, make him seek refuge elsewhere. The FBI level of secrecy on my personal life didn't sweeten the pot either. I guess I could have handled that differently, but if my fuck up plus their fuck up equals our fuck up, then why am I the only one alone? It was once said, it is only in death that we realize the insignificance of life. So, if that's true, maybe I'll understand more after my dinner, my dinner date with the Pacific. And boom! So that's it, guys. That's the first half, or maybe first third, but I think it's first half of Dive. Our girl Joni is, has had it, hasn't she? So she had the conversation um, with her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. Didn't know how that was going to go. Um, obviously didn't go the way that she wanted it to go. And um, that's just the way life is. No? You know, we have expectations of certain things and things will happen the way it is. You can see where her discrepancy of is, discrepancies in life are, where they lie at. And um, we're going to see how this ends, man. We're going to see if she can get it done by the end of the day. She has another really, really tough conversation with some other people. And um, I'm still working and managing that and seeing how we're going to finish those situations and see if, if she's going to jump that bridge or not. I already know the ending, but, um, you know, you're going to have to wait until next week to hear that. So I'm going to work really hard on it throughout the week, um, every day at work, and then um, make sure we get a, a good, solid story for you. I hope that you guys liked it, man. I thought it was good. I thought it came out pretty well in those type of conversations. I think we all, after we got to a certain age, have had these conversations with uh, exes before <laughs> or the people that we're currently with now and stuff. But, uh, yeah, let me know what you think about it, man, because, uh, you know, people have are going through millions of things. You have people that pass you throughout the day. You have no idea that they have their own problems. And of course, that's none of your business. And um, um, your problems are none of their business. But I think it'd be cool for us to recognize that everybody's going through shit and just to take it a little easy on people and stuff, you know? You get in the parking lot and somebody's blocking you from getting the parking or somebody steals a parking from you and it's like, we want to flip out and stuff when, you know, it's not all that serious, you know? But anyway, that's a that's a completely different conversation for a different time. I just wanted to say something like that. But um, yeah, so Hump Day Wednesdays, man. Hump Day Wednesdays. Hump Day is Wednesday. Hump Day Stories on Wednesdays. I'll be bringing dropping a new one on you guys every week, and we'll be going from there. You know how you can get a hold of me if you want to um, shout out and say how much you liked it, you didn't like it, or just any any um, any feedback on the storyteller. So that's it. That's all. And we'll get at you next week. So I'll talk to you later. You know how you can get a hold of me uh, at Michael DeGrio. I'll be back on Instagram. I've been off for a month while I've been uh, writing different things or since a little bit in June, early June. And um, yeah, so we'll be back on it. We'll be giving you some new stories every week. So hope that you liked it. Hope that you loved it. And if you don't, hope that you listened, I guess. So we'll talk to you soon, man. I'll let you later. Oh, yeah. Email mzzack199 at gmail.com. Michael Duke at Michael Degree on Instagram. And that's it. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. Peace. I'm out of here.